know we've had a good time tonight and things have been kind of silly and just off the wall. God, as much as I love to have fun, God, I pray that we would just take this time seriously. God, that we would take this time as you speak to us, God, to reflect on our own lives, God, to look deeply into our hearts, to examine ourselves, to test ourselves against Scripture, and look to see if we're truly in the kingdom. Because, God, at the end of the day, that's all that will matter. God, whether one of yours or that we're not. And, God, I know that there are people that think that they are, but they may not be. And, God, that scares me. That's the scariest thing in this life is to be a pastor and to look and see and wonder, is that person in the kingdom or are they not? And, God, I just pray right now that you would reveal that to us. God, that you would open our eyes and open our hearts. God, speak to us clearly. Give us perfect discernment to your will for our lives. God, to your uh, opening of our eyes to our salvation. God, that that's the most important thing that we'll ever encounter. Now, this whole, from the time that we're born to the time that we die, the only thing that will matter is our salvation and where we stand in our relationship with you. So, God, I pray right now, Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know, if they're unsure of their salvation, if they're unsure of their relationship with you, that, God, you would speak clearly to their hearts right now. God, this is not under my own authority, God, but this is under the authority of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move on people and speak to their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been in a series recently on relationships, and we were supposed to do one on singleness tonight, and it didn't really make sense to do that. So I thought I would preach on something scary, since it's close to Halloween. Everybody likes to be scared, right? They like to be, they like to watch scary movies. They like to be terrified. Um, I don't know what it is about this time of the year that makes people scared, but it, people like scary movies, and this is a great time to watch them. I know that. I like to watch scary movies during this time of the year more so than any other time of the year. I don't know why that is, but I do. I do. I like that. Um, I can remember uh, one of the scariest times uh, that <laughs> I, I think my, my parents probably must have lost their minds or something, but they let me watch Children of the Corn when I was about five years old. Um, that's a scary movie, right? <laughs> I mean, I was the whole time I was wondering, am I a child of the corn, you know? Could I be, what if I get lost and there's, you know, I'm out in some field somewhere and am I not coming back? And, you know, I mean, like five years old, you don't need to be watching Children of the Corn. That's not a good idea. Uh, but I got my parents back, though. So we're, we've been watching Children of the Corn and, and my dad was coming around. We lived in an apartment complex and my dad was coming around the corner. We had stairs. And so as soon as you walk in the front door, we had stairs that went upstairs or you go to the left to go to the living room. And he, <laughs> we just got done watching Children of the Corn and he comes around the corner about the time I throw my shoes down the stairs. And all he can see in the last split second is two feet right here about this far from his face. Uh, you want to talk about somebody jumping. <laughs> Having just watched Children of the Corn, that man, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that man jump that quick. It was pretty good. I enjoyed that quite a bit. I still remind him of that to this day. He, he said, I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was I saw two feet just like right here. I mean, I pitched them perfectly and they just went, phew, and just right there in his face. So I kind of got him back a little bit. Um, this really is, I mean, like, I, I don't read Stephen King novels. I, I don't, I, I mean, I've watched some scary movies. I've watched scary movies like anybody else has, but I, I don't read a lot of scary stuff. It's just not my thing. But to be perfectly honest with you, this is the scariest stuff I've ever read. It's in Matthew chapter 7, and, and, and Jesus is doing the, 
the whole Sermon on the Mount thing, you know, and it's, it's all about, you know, what it really means to be in the kingdom and what it really means to be a believer and what it really means to be a child of God. And he's blowing people's minds. I mean, they're, they're not used to somebody talking this way to them. I mean, it's so much truth being poured out all at one time. They're just blown away. Their minds are blown away by the stuff that this guy is saying and the authority that he preaches with. And it's like, man, he's just, it's just powerful stuff that they've never heard before. And, and it, it really shakes them to their core. It really does. I mean, it like, you know, when somebody just kind of says something and you're like, man, that struck a nerve with me. You know, it like that, that hit something right here that nobody else has really hit before. And I, I don't know if I really like it necessarily, but I know that it hit deep. You know what I'm saying? I, you ever been in that place? You're like, I don't necessarily know that I, I like what's being said right now, but I, I know it's for me. I know that it's what I'm supposed to hear at this point in time. And I, I know that that, that it, it's, it's something, it's not just surface level, this is something deep. And here Jesus is talking to all these people gathered on a, on a hillside, and, and he's, he's telling them the truth, you know? You know I, that's what most people want these days. They really want the truth. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of people out there sharing the truth. People will tell you a lot of stuff that you want to hear, and they'll tell you a lot of stuff that will try to bring you where they want you to be. Um, but not a whole lot of truth out there, which is really sad to me. Because really, if you talk about God and you talk about the kingdom of God, then the, really the only thing that boils down to is, is truth. You have to understand what the truth is in order to be able to embrace the truth. And if you don't embrace the truth, then you'll never embrace the way, the truth, and the life, which is Jesus Christ. You, you cannot just separate and say, you know, I, I'm going to listen to something else. It's not really the truth. It's a half-truth, and then I'm going to believe in Jesus Christ. It doesn't work that way. I'm going to believe a half-truth, and then I'm going to get into the kingdom of God. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to believe the whole truth, and Jesus Christ is the whole truth. Now, I wish I could, I could like, water it down for you and make it easy and be like, oh, you know, it's okay. You know, you want to you coddle people, right? Especially as a pastor, I want to I just hug them and say, it's going to be okay. You know, it's all right. But unfortunately, when I read this book, when I read what this particular passage says in Matthew chapter 7... It scares me to death, and it's probably, it would scare you to death. If you really pay attention to what it says, when it talks about eternity and what it means to have an eternity with God, it really is some pretty scary stuff. So we're going to be there in uh, Matthew chapter 7, beginning of verse 13. It says this, you can, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. It actually uses the highway to hell uh, phrase there in the NLT version. The highway to hell is broad. This gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the, gate, the, the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. This, this is the scariest passage in this whole book to me. The verses that I just read to you, if they don't shake you to your core and scare you to death, it should. Because it says that the way... To heaven, the way to God's kingdom, the way to eternal life with God, to be in communion with God forever, that it is a very narrow way. It's small. It's not big. There is a broad way that looks like it's on its way to heaven, but it is not. There is a broad way that many people are walking on. There is a broad way that many people are trying to go through the broad gate and it even looks like it's a way to heaven, but it is not. 
It looks like eternity is on the other side with God, but there will be many people one day that when they're face to face with God and they see what they believed, it is not the truth of God, but it is what they've wanted to hear. And on that day, they will be not just scared, not just terrified, they will be eternally separated from God. I'm, I'm not going to preach you a whole big message on hell. You guys know about hell. I could tell you about hell in detail sometime, but that's not what this is about. This is about the truth. The truth is this, is that there are very few people on the narrow way. There are very few people that are on their way to a true heaven, a true God, a true relationship with Jesus Christ. And some people have this false idea that, well, if, if there's a lot of people participating in it, if there's a lot of people on board with this, it must be of God. If they're able to fill up, you know, gymnasiums full of people, if they're able to fill up uh, the Astrodome full of people, if they're able to fill up huge stadiums full of people, then it must be of God. God must be at work there because that's a powerful movement of God. That is not what this passage says. This passage says, as a matter of fact, the exact opposite. If you find yourself going the same way as everybody else, you better check yourself and you better look at what's really going on. If you find yourself around a whole bunch of people headed one direction going, yes, yes, yes. This passage says that you need to be very aware and you need to be on the lookout and you need to be terrified as you head that way. Because when you look around and you see a whole bunch of people on the same side as you, headed the same direction as you, it likely means you're on the broad road, headed towards the broad gate. And you're not on the narrow road, headed towards the narrow gate. You know what is different about the narrow gate and the narrow road? You know what is different? It is truth, real truth, hard truth, not the junk you want to hear. If it's the junk you want to hear, that's the broad road. That's the road where everybody else is wanting to go, man. Give me the stuff I want to hear. Don't tell me hard truth. Don't tell me the stuff I don't like. That's not the stuff I want to know about. Give me the easy stuff. Everybody wants the easy stuff. Everybody wants to head down that road. Everybody wants to hear, you know what? If you surrender your heart and life to God, you'll have plenty of money. Your marriage will be okay. Uh, you, you won't have any problems with your kids. I watched a television show last night. It's called Belief, and it was it was on the OWN network. Oprah Winfrey was the, co was the producer of it. And this lady said, she said this. She said, I believe, I believe that, that because I'm a believer, that when I die, that my husband will go to, to heaven when he dies because I'm a believer. That's what she said. She said, that's what I believe. That's what the Bible teaches me. And I said, I, I said, give me a second. I don't find that. I don't find that. Now, I, I found some where people had twisted some scripture to try to make it sound like that's what it said. But it ain't the truth. It ain't the truth. The truth is, it is your individual responsibility for your relationship with Jesus. It, it is an individual decision that you make. You either have it or you don't. Just like my friends are not automatically your friends just because they're my friends. You have to choose to make to have a relationship with that person. I can't have it for you. You got to have that relationship. You can't say, "Well, I live vicariously through you," and because you have that relationship, I have that relationship with that person. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. 
But people are filling their heads full of stuff they want to hear. And, and they're filling their heads full of stuff that's not true because they like the way that it sounds and it's easy and they want to embrace that. That's called the broad road and that's the road that leads to destruction. That's the road that leads to hell. Here's a, uh, here's a warning to false prophets. Beginning of verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really uh, vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes and thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that produce, does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. You ever known anybody that was in a leadership position, maybe in a church or a, a ministry on TV or whatever, and all of a sudden you see they're, they're undergoing fraud charges. They're embezzling money. They, 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 they're, they're, they're taking money from people that don't have anything, and they're buying themselves big houses and, and nice cars and airplanes and all this kind of garbage. Jesus has a very stern warning for those that do that. It says here that, that you'll identify them by their actions. You'll look at them and you'll be able to see, you'll be able to discern that they're not really on the narrow road and they're not really headed towards the narrow gate. They're on the broad road. They're just in love with the stuff of this world just like anybody else that's in the world. So you'll know them by, by their fruits. You'll be able to see them. You'll be able to tell them. It says a very stern warning to them. You remember when there's the, the widow put the two mites in the plate and, 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 you know, Jesus is like, she gave more than anybody else, you know, he... You remember that whole story? You know that Jesus was infuriated when he saw that? If you actually read that passage and you look and see the, the passage in context, what it says is he is not just overwhelmed by this woman's giving and he's just burdened and like, oh my gosh, she's given more than anybody else. This widow that has nothing, she's given more than anybody else. Yes, he is moved by that, but at the same time, he gives a very stern warning to the Pharisees that are taking her money. He said that you are building your religiosity on the backs of people that have nothing. That's what he says. If you go on to read that passage, you'll see that's exactly what Jesus says. He says, you Pharisees, you liars, you're building your ministries on the backs of people that have nothing. And a very stern warning to those. Um. I'm not telling you that every single pastor that's on TV that has money is, is a bad pastor and teaches uh, bad things or doesn't teach the truth. All I'm telling you, it is very likely. It's very likely. You know why? Broad road, broad gate, narrow road, narrow gate. Look at their fruit. I, I, you know, some people will say, well, they got a lot of good stuff they do, man. They, they're able to do this and do that and... And, and look, look at some of the, the stuff that they do. They're prophesying. Man, they're, they're healing people. They're, they're casting out demons on TV. Verse 21 says this. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you, you who break God's laws. 
This is what he says. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God speaking. And this is the warning he gives. He says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Terrifying, right? Terrifying. What are these people basing their relationship with God on? What are they basing it on? They're basing it on signs and wonders and miracles and all this stuff, all this other stuff. But there's nothing internal about what's going on right there. There's nothing internal that's going on. There's nothing about... These, these are people that did not repent. These are people that did not profess Jesus Christ as Lord. All they did was they cried out to him in name, Lord, Lord. And it looked really good on the outside. And it looked like they were doing a bunch of stuff. It looked like they were performing miracles. It looked like they were casting out demons. But in actuality, they couldn't do that. You know why? Because God never knew them. It had the appearance of God, but it was not God. It just had the outward show. That's all it was. And you know exactly what I'm talking about when you see people with a lot of outward show. It's very showy. It's very glamorous. It's got lots of glitter and flash. It does not hold up in the eternity of the kingdom of God. It comes and it's gone. It's consumed by the fire that comes at the end of time when God says, examine your heart. Were you on the narrow road or were you on the broad road that everybody else was on? Were you looking to seek truth? Were you looking to seek a true relationship with God? Or did you just want something that made you feel good? Am I saying that, that sometimes God doesn't perform miracles? Not at all. God performs miracles every single time somebody surrenders their heart and life to Jesus Christ truly fully surrenders to the lordship of Jesus Christ, God performs a miracle. They go from death to life just like that. Instantaneously, they come into the kingdom of God. They no longer die. Boom. A miracle of God happens instantaneously. But there's this other stuff that happens. It's a lot of show. And it's a lot of garbage. You know what I want? You know what I desire to see? I desire to see people saved. I desire to see people give their life to Christ. I desire to see people say, you know what? I'm going on the narrow road because it's hard. I'm choosing the narrow road in the narrow way and the narrow gate because it's hard. It doesn't make me feel good necessarily all the time, but it's the desire of God for me to follow that way and to follow the truth of God. And to stop playing games with eternity and just playing games with standing on the narrow road with everybody else going the same direction. The invitation that Jesus gives at the end of the Sermon on the Mount is to die. To literally die. To take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. It doesn't say anything about, man, you got you to gotta look this way or do that thing. He says, die. He says, Doc, give up your way. Quit playing your games and say, God, your way, your will be done in my life. I'm not doing it my way anymore. And I can promise you this, it will absolutely be hard. I promise you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, listen to me. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it will be hard. It will break your heart and it will crush you sometimes. And you're going to want to feel like giving up. And you're going to want to feel like quitting. But you're going to say, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, 
I don't want what everybody else is offering. I want what Jesus offers, and I want the narrow gate and the narrow way, and I want the truth. Jesus gives an invitation to die. An invitation to die to yourself so that you can have life with him. It's as simple as that, but it's as complex as that, right? It's terribly difficult. It's terribly hard. You're not promised anything good in this life. You're not, okay? You're, not prom- you're promised that God will care for you. You're promised that God will look after you, but it doesn't mean it's going to be an easy road. The narrow road ain't necessarily an easy road. At the end of the day, the promises that he makes are the ones that are eternal, not temporal. That's the, that's the churchy word for right here, right now. A lot of people are offering the right here, right now solutions. Let me tell you something. Jesus offers a forever solution. That's where your hope lies. It lies beyond the gate, not on this side of the gate. I wonder if there's anybody here who says, you know what, I've been on the broad road. I've been wanting to listen what, what tickles my ears and makes me feel good. I had no desire for the truth. I wonder if there's anybody here who say, I want to surrender to the truth. I want to surrender to God's way. I want to quit playing games and I want to follow Jesus Christ. I wonder if there's anybody here that's like that. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I'm just going to let you deal with that. I'm going to let you deal with that. I'm not going to beg you to come down here and talk to me. I'm not going to beg you to come down here and surrender your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Because if I beg you to do that, then you'll do it maybe because I told you to. I'm not, I'm not telling you to. I, you do what Jesus tells you to do. You don't do what Kenny tells you to do. If Jesus tells you to come down here and give your life to God, then you do it. And, and you better do it. Not, not for my sake. Not for my I've given my life to Christ. He owns me. He owns everything about me. You need to do it so you can say, God, I want eternity with you. I'm tired of wondering and doubting and and playing all these games and recognizing the fact that the truth is not what I've embraced. Now, if I have told you something wrong, I want you to understand that I, I will suffer a greater condemnation than you. If I have told you something that is not the truth, it tells, it tells us in this book that, that I will be cut down and thrown into the fire, that I will actually suffer a greater condemnation. It says in James that not many of you should become teachers. So the only question you have to make up, for you, make up in your mind right now, the only, only answer you have to come up with is, is Kenny a false, false prophet or not? Is he telling me truth or is he telling me something that will send me on the broad road? If God is speaking to your heart, you need to respond. You need to let Jesus Christ take hold of your life, grip your life, and change you forever. I can't promise you it'll be easy, but I promise you that at the end of the day, when all is said and done, that's all that will matter is your eternity. If you want to talk to me about that, man, I'd love to talk to you about that. I'm not telling you you can't talk to me about that. Man, I I love telling people what it means to be a follower of Christ. I love telling people the truth. But I'm not going to beg you to come down here and pray. Father, thank you, God, for this word. It's an incredibly scary passage. I know that there are people in this room, God, that are on the broad road. You tell us in your word that many, many are on that broad road. God, it would be unusual for just the people to be gathered in this room to be on the narrow road. God, I pray for those that are on the broad road. God, that you would break their heart. Father, that you would open their eyes. God, that there would be tears that would flow. God, that people would recognize that they can't come to you under their own merit. God, all they can do is fall on the grace and the mercy of the cross and say, Jesus Christ, please save me because I am a wretched, wretched sinner 
in need of a Savior. God, we can bring nothing to you. All we can do is fall on your mercy. God, I pray that people recognize that Jesus Christ died for them in the place that they're in. The awful, nasty place that they're in. God, in that nasty place, when we were yet sinners, Christ died. Lord, for the person here that needs to surrender their life to Christ, I pray that they would do that. God, not for my sake, but for theirs, for your sake and for your glory. God, I pray that you would move. I pray that you would speak to hearts and lives. God, I pray that somebody's life would be changed forever right now. God, thank you so much for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you all stand?